The Final Fantasy Wiki Podcast is brought to you by Mother 3, now available on the Nintendo Switch Online Game Boy Advance Expansion Pack. The classic sequel to Earthbound is here on modern hardware, all for only $49.99 for an annual pass. But only for Japan. Nintendo, shove that money up your ass. We don't want it. Actually, fuck you. And then the music plays. Nice. Yeah. Na na Yeah, yeah. And then you fight that boss and you lose because you don't know how to do the button presses. And it's really annoying. Correct. Yeah. And then, uh, then the show starts. Good evening. Welcome to the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. This is the official podcast of the Final Fantasy Wiki, a wiki dedicated to Final Fantasying and wikiing. Correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Blue Highwind. I um, I'm the chief of this rodeo here that happens every month. And joining me is uh, some color mage and techno obliterator, the co-chiefs of the rodeo. Hello. Hi. Yes. The hoot nanny master, some color mage. Uh, yeehaw. Yeah. Yep. Yeehaw. Is that how they say it in Australia? I don't think anyone ever says it in Australia. Okay. Mm. And then hoedown master five. Techno Obliterator. I don't know what that is, despite living in Texas. Well, a hoedown is a hootenanny. Roughly the same. did learn that. Okay. I've been to the San Antonio Rodeo, and I still don't know what that is. I'm very uncultured. I'm sorry, Texas. Okay, a rodeo is technically different than a hoedown slash hootenanny. Okay. I've never actually been to any of these things. I just associate them with various southern parts of the United States, low culture, I don't know, have a beer and That's sh- sing about trucks and Trump and whatever. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, unrelated to all those things is this video game called Final Fantasy. And this came out on the NES back in 1986. And then they made a few sequels to it, and then a whole bunch of stuff happened, and today, where we are now. Right? Indeed. Uh, all yeah, that's yeah, factual, a, that's right? a pretty fast summary. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so it is uh, February 2024, and um, what's happening soon? Uh, well, coming soon is March of 2024, but I believe before that, on... <laughs> February 29, they're they're releasing a video game. Um, like, uh, oh, what was it called? Uh, I better I better check uh, Game Face. They have a list me... of games coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go to the Wikipedia like games PS5, of 2024. Um, uh, games uh, of okay, so let's see. There's uh, uh, coming out on the PS5 on February 29th. Uh, there's um, Anglerfish. Anglerfish, okay. Um, all right, so uh, here we are. 
uh, I uh, Grant 44 Overloaded Overlord Edition. Um, um, oh, I, I have one here. Of the Red, the Light, and the Akurkashi Tazuri is coming out on uh, the Switch as a visual novel. Um, okay. Goblin Slayer, another adventure, colon, Nightmare Feast, also coming out on the Switch. Wait, are these all coming out on February the 29th? Yeah, they are. Official release, yeah. They all have a release date with yeah, it? like... Like that, like Thursday's the normal, uh, the normal release day in industry. Really? It's, it's yeah. usually isn't usually Tuesday is the big release day for some reason. Uh, I don't know, maybe, but I always remember the big ones happening on Thursday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Oh, also, uh, Barbella Abyss, which is a roguelike strategy game from Nippon Ichi. That's coming out on a lot of things. Uh, oh, yeah. the Dark Forces Remaster is coming out on the 28th. And uh, a Port of Spirit Fall coming out to Windows and Mac. Everyone's excited for that, right? Uh, but really, let's let's be serious here. The game we're talking about, and we, we don't need to beat around the bush anymore, is Welcome to Paradis, a survival action game by Econ. So- All right. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Okay, no. Yeah, the sequel yeah. to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yep. Yes. That's come out. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's kind of the whole story this month in this podcast is Final Fantasy VII because that's most of what our news is, is Final Fantasy VII. Stuff. Yeah, like we maybe have two or three stories that maybe we should get out of the way before we spend probably over an hour talking about like these final trailers and demos and stuff. Oh, at least. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's start with the news then, because some color mage demands that news be done. No more fun. It's time for news. Uh, so, first news story. This came out late January, which uh, technically lands in the purview of this podcast because we don't produce this on the last day of the month. Uh, this is that Square Enix has officially absorbed Tokyo RPG Factory. Uh, they are now merged back with the Mother Square Next and are no longer an official company on their own. Uh, these are the guys that made games like I Am Setsuna, Lost Fear, and Oninaki. Uh, both three okay-ish, low-budget RPG games. Yeah. I Am Setsuna, if I recall correctly, was basically a Final Fantasy VI homage. I think it was like Chrono Trigger, but at ice. Yeah, yeah, that one too. That yeah, one too. that was that was um uninspiring. I played a like, demo of it, yeah. and I'm like, was Chrono Trigger this boring? I don't think so. Why is this game so mm. boring? Um, yeah, like it's it's a game that manages to be like one note in almost all of its forms of presentations. Like the entire thing is is this snow-filled landscape. The entire soundtrack is just a piano. The the gameplay is basically Chrono Trigger with QTEs, which, no. Did anyone like Oninaki? Um, That's the one I, I like, heard nothing about at all. I don't even remember that game existing. Me neither. It's like a third-person action game that kind of looks Okami-ish, like vaguely okami-ish that's pretty much yeah, all so i got the fact, 
the fact that they're absorbing it into the main company suggests to me that they might not be making titles like that anymore. They might just be shifting the developers onto other titles. Question mark. Well, you know that. I, I mean, so I, I'm pretty sure it's a while since Tokyo RPG Studio released their last game. Like it's. Mm. just like i don't think whatever sort of creative direction they had there was uh was functioning really like every single thing they've released oh well the two of the three things i remember them releasing because i don't remember that last game at all the the overwhelming consensus is that it's just mediocre hmm yeah, so uh, on that note, there was also a report earlier this month. This came out on February 6th. It had no specifics in any kind. And I, I kind of looked to see if there was any notes, like, telling me what the hell this actually meant. But uh, Square Enix released an official report saying that they are hoping to overhaul how they make games. And they really weren't clear on what that meant exactly. But it does kind Yeah, of... that... Yeah, Ooh. I feel like last time they talked about this kind of stuff, nothing changed, so I have no idea what to make of it. Nothing changed that we saw, anyway. Yeah. It could be they're maybe interested in making fewer bets, which I think would probably be worse for them, because I think Square Enix is honestly doing better than a lot of games companies, because they actually release a good clip of games, and a good clip of games that are reasonably budgeted. Um, true but then they also released like what was it that game that was like just completely bombed for them it was like a which platinum one? games one which yeah. was a plat yeah which oh. one you've you've gone narrow it down platinum, platinum games the... that's babylon's fall that's the one yeah. yeah they've 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 released some good stuff and then they've released that so maybe they're saying less of that they could also be meaning less of that, like, shooter Splatoon thing they just released. What was that? Foam Stars? How'd that do? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because pretty much everyone who uh, who got it played for free because it launched on PS Plus. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah, um, The most I heard about Foam... How did it foam... review, anyway? Not well. Like, 6 out of 10 across the board yeah no, i'm seeing it it got a six yeah that's a shame um the most i heard about that was a clip that ran around social media briefly where it was the main girl like the pink-haired girl and uh it revealed that as a kid she was ostracized because uh foam leaked out of her body she actually makes her oh own yeah. jesus it, oh that's cringe yeah the foam is biological um like extract <laughs> That's cringe. <laughs> yeah, like the thing is, it's an like I mean, it's an interesting idea, but the but the financing model's never going to work. Like, okay, just put it this way: your competitor is Splatoon. Splatoon is a single purchase. You can't have a game that you want to charge full price for and then shove it up the ass with microtransactions. Nobody likes yeah. that. Nobody nobody pays up. Yep. Uh, there is a possible hope for that game, which is that Splatoon is a Switch exclusive, and maybe yeah. you could have Splatoon on PC or consoles that are not Switch, but uh, as it turns out, there really isn't any market for that. Because if you like Splatoon, you would have played Splatoon by now. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, there's there is no we have Splatoon at home. There's none of that's happening. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of wish I knew more about this, but it does just seem like you know we're reaching the end of the financial year, and that's why a lot of games get released late in February and March. So maybe that's part of it. I think that's why Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming out when it is. Um, well, on that subject, um, not gonna go too into it here because I don't want to spoil uh, what is more than likely gonna be one of the topics today. But based on how Seven Rebirth is reviewing, I'm not at all worried about Square Enix right now about the quality that we're gonna get for them. I'm not either. Uh, we will talk about that mm-hmm. demo, of course. We all played it, right? The demo, yeah. the reviews, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So the uh, next thing, this is another uh, small like revision reform at Square Enix. Uh, I don't know if it's a reform, but this is a report out of Eurogamer uh, that uh, from software, their parent company, which is Katakawa, has bought the studio that makes the Octopath Traveler games. This came out. Right, uh, this is yeah, the that's... this is the studio that uh, that Square outsourced to Team Asano. The the creative team are still internal. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe they're Unit Four. Uh, I like, but, but yeah, this is uh, the um, kind of uh, a, I believe it's Acquire is the studio that got bought out. Mm. Yeah, acquisition. They, they were the ones who developed the game. Unlike I Am Setsuna, from what I've heard of Octopath Traveler 2, which I still really need to play, from what I've heard of it, that was not mediocre. That, that was actually brilliant, that one. And I thought Octopath Traveler 1 was alright, you know, I couldn't get that that into it. But I've heard the Octopath Traveler 2 was sensational. Uh, Some Color Mage, you played that game, didn't you? Octopath Traveler 2, um, I didn't beat it, but like it, it does what uh, was the main flaw of uh, Octopath Traveler 1 a lot better, which is that uh, Traveler 1, uh, Octopath Traveler 1, it really didn't feel like that these, uh, that these uh, eight stories were actually related to each other. Like the, like all of the party interaction is split is shunted off into optional cutscenes that you have the potential of missing out if you don't have the right party composition at the right time and whatever and the actual links between all of the stories aren't divulged to you until you are in the final boss gauntlet where it just dumps test text logs at you in between each of like the the 10 boss fights in a row you have to do uh octopath travel 2 is a lot better about that uh party members talk to each other during combat uh those uh those specific uh, you must have these pay members at this time uh, extra scenes they get added to your cutscene viewer whether or not you uh actually saw them during the chapter in question so you don't don't miss out on anything uh there are actual side quests with with the characters interacting with each other it feels like a lot more of a coherent product. Okay. Yeah, and also like I would enjoy it significantly more. Also oh. there's new mechanics and stuff which are fun, some of which are absolutely broken. Like like all of the eight characters, they have like the same base class as the first game does, but they've 
like mess around a bit, gotten rid of some of the worst exploits, but in the same time added some more I incredibly insane exploits, like uh, your uh, apothecary's uh, uh, like mixed function. There are a lot less things you can do with that now, uh, but she gets a limit break where she can uh, use that use that function without actually consuming any items. Oh, and some mm. kind of made you work correct. Uh, they just bought Acquire Studios, uh, the makers of yeah. such games as Akiba's Trip, uh, Way of the Samurai, mm. that's that series. Uh, it was co-developed with uh, Business Division First Eleven, then Business Unit Two, because Square and X's internal mm. divisions are completely confusing and arcane and make no sense to anybody. Uh, so this uh, this. I imagine Octopath can still happen because they are an external studio yeah, still. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. The, the the creative team are are part of Square Enix. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Katakawa Corporation. I didn't even know they owned uh, From Software. I thought From Software was their mm. own thing. I don't know what else they own. Uh, nothing. They own like a whole bunch of random stuff. Mm. Anime Tourism Association is on here. Uh, J-Novel okay. Club. Pixel Game Maker MV is on this list. They just own a whole bunch of random things. It looks mm. like From Software is like their one big game company. So now they own two interesting ones. Uh, gotcha Gotcha Games. There you go. That's a, that's a company to own. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> write what it says on the tin, and they wrote it twice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the other thing that's not Final Fantasy VII related is that there is a tease that we're going to get another Bravely Default game later this year. Mm -hmm. Unclear if that's going to be a actual Bravely Default game or like that terrible Apple Arcade thing that was like kind of Bravely Default, but it was. Also I mean, if. It and it sounds like they're saying specifically bravely, so it's like I guess it's default three, even if they should like go back and uh, kick up some of the plot threads they dropped on the floor after second. They should name. They should release bravely third and bravely default Roman numeral I I I at the same time, just to be maximally confusing. Just, just, just start getting out there with the with the numbers. I want to see bravely default negative one. I want yeah. to see bravely default square root of uh, i. Godzilla minus one was a great movie, possibly because of its innovative numbering system. Who can say? Exactly. It's like uh, when um, Danganronpa had three as an anime, and then a, a video game called Danganronpa V three, which was bad. That's the worst Danganronpa game. Okay, I, I I still think it was a it was a uh, a mistake by uh, Nipponichi when translating to uh, remove the dig at uh, some of uh, Nintendo's naming schemes because the Japanese name is New Danganronpa V3. Like all it's missing is like the little uh, the little uh, effects around the new, like in the new Nintendo 3DS. Oh yeah yeah yeah, the, that character that only exists for the new. It's like a triple apostrophe. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, but also like two, but also like two in Japan is called Super Danganronpa Two, which uh, which Nippon-ichi changed because they thought that people would think that Danganronpa and Super Danganronpa are different series. Yeah, well, technically there's Nippon-ichi. Only... Yeah, Nippon-ichi are kind of dumb sometimes. I mean, there actually is a series of games called Megami Tensei, which then was followed up by a series of games called Shin Megami Tensei. Right, but those are different subseries in the same franchise. Mega Ten's fucking confusing. Yeah, extremely confusing. And then uh, Shimagami Tensei colon Persona, which eventually just becomes Persona on its mm-hmm. own. But we're not talking about that because um, we have to talk about Final Fantasy one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven. Right? Have to. Yeah, we, we get to. to talk about them. No, we have to. We we have no choice in this. I mean, really, I'd rather be talking about Final Fantasy VIII right now. Talk about Squall. With really? Triple Triad and the Moo. There's that big Whoa, yellow. it's funny you say Triple Triad. It is funny I say Triple Triad. <laughs> There's the big yellow it's guy funny. who's underneath the school who you have to fight. It's like, what? What? They The school? How old is this school? There's like an ancient arcane evil? No, they just built it 20 years ago? How? Final Fantasy VIII's a weird game. Yeah, like, like the big yellow guy just... just just like their financier like yeah but know, no one knows about it's him? To- like it's totally normal to to build your school on top of the guy who's funding it right you know what that's what we should do honestly we should next thing that ever gets built you bury the venture capitalist underneath it and the problem gets solved just give them like little really? houses they can live down there but they're not allowed to leave hmm so, um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth had a demo that came out earlier this month. Uh, uh, before we get into that, can I talk yeah. about how I met Britt Barron? Right. Because I want to describe this story. So, okay. Right, and it is Final important. Fantasy VII Rebirth. This is very important to okay. that We must all hear his, uh, his romantic pilgrimage he had. Romancing the fuck out of my face. <laughs> You are in love with Tifa. You've been in love with Tifa for as long as I've known you. Oh, shit. Um, okay. So, so Britt Barron was uh, at a convention. This is the first convention she's ever been to without Square Enix, actually. It's the first one she ever went to on her own. Uh, she was there with um, a handler who's also a, an actress, as far as I can tell. Like, uh, I've, you know, I've since, like, gone and talked to that handler and uh you know she has a youtube channel she has like you know she has a decent sized presence online she's really cool but yeah so um it was me and uh another guy from the wiki is called lash i don't know how to pronounce the full the full username but you know we both live in texas and this was in houston so we thought hey let's let's you know like it's this this is gonna be my one chance to meet Britt Barron's voice actress because I said when Seven Remake came out she was just phenomenal like Britt Barron was just such a good voice actor like honestly has become my favorite like because it's just so difficult to do a role like that and to get it right but she didn't just get it right she like completely knocked it out of the park and uh and to be frank like any one of those voice actors for the main cast probably could have become my favorite just because they all did like just a really really good job 
But Britt Barron uh, as Tifa, Britt Barron is going to be my favorite just because Tifa is my favorite character. And so hers just resonated so much with me. So when I met her, like, uh, Lash did, you know, he got his thing signed and he went to talk to her first because I was still super nervous. I was like, fuck me. Like, you know, like, um, I'm literally meeting one of my heroes here and I've never, like, met a celebrity before. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So he, he like, uh, got his thing signed first. And then he said, so I've known this guy for 10 plus years. And then described who I was, said that, you know, I'm the wiki guy. I wrote her article. I wrote Tifa's page, you know, and all <laughs> oh, of that. Man. So I was like, okay. Now that's, that like, even... that's the yeah, worst, so like... like, that's the worst, like, uh, line ever used. Yeah, I wrote your wiki article. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, so but thanks to him saying it, I didn't have to say it myself. But then, uh, when 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 I was introduced, when I'd been introduced to her, I said, you know, basically what I just said to you, you know, that uh, you know how I I got to tell her how much I really loved how well she performed. You know, like it's so difficult to do things like basically with Tifa, like any one of her lines can be read like five different ways because there's so much she doesn't say. And then there's so much, like, if you know what she's thinking at the time, you know, like, you can infer it four or five different ways. But it's just not, like, she just won't say that. Whereas Aerith will just come out and, like, say exactly what she's thinking and feeling at the time. And Tifa just won't do that. And I was, I was telling her, like, that's just so difficult to, with your line delivery, just put across the emotions so that we can put the pieces together right and it's like but it's not outright said and i just like i just got to tell her that and how like how massively impressed i was with her performance you know and using the context of i wrote the wiki page to to say like the you know not to brag about it but to say that like i know what i'm talking about right you know and then she hugged me and then signed uh she signed my Advent Children poster, and then she signed uh, this other one, right, which is a really cool one. She was giving out as a signing card a picture that includes, uh, it includes Tifa from a remake scene, but it also includes the render that we have on the Final Fantasy Wiki. That's the battle render of Tifa from, Re from Rebirth uh, and Remake. And it's interesting because we created that. It was with Sreliatha, who has been very, very helpful in, you know, rendering all the models from Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? And I was working on it with Sreliatha. We were trying to make it so that it would be this thing where it would one-to-one -one be like a comparison with the Final Fantasy VII original model, which is also in the same battle stance, so you can line them both up. But it's just that the remake version came out so well that people have, like, mistaken it for an official render. And that's how it's become so prolific. And, you know, she had a signing card with that included. So, that, yeah. So, I, I got that signed and, you know, I got to, like... The other thing was I got to, like, show her the wiki article and she, like, read it in front of me All and told me how, like, impressed with it she it was, like... What's that? All like 10,000 words or whatever it is? Uh, for her own article? I don't think so. 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, this is the voice actress's article, not the Tifa yeah, article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't make her read the whole Tifa article. Oh, okay. Right. I did, I wrote both, but, uh, I, you know, whether if she wants to go check out on her own, she's more than welcome to. I wouldn't make her read the whole thing. No, I read, I got her to read, I got her to read. Well, she read her whole, my article on her, my voice actor, actor article on her, and she was, like, you know, very impressed with it, like... Yeah, I mean, it, it it was just insane. Like, it's insane. It's the first time I've ever met a celebrity. And I, I gotta tell you, she's like the kindest, most, like, humble person. She's like such a sweetheart. Like, she's honestly just like, you know, clearly someone, maybe this is just me having not met famous people before, but clearly just doesn't let fame get to her head. Mm-hmm. You know, talks about her job voice acting the way I would talk to you about my job. Like, and is honestly just so happy to meet with people and to meet with fans and like, truly, it was just, it was just an incredible experience. And yeah, I mean, okay. it, it was, it was insane. Well, that's great to hear. Um, I do notice that you had her sign an Advent Children render of Tifa, which, uh, yep. well, she didn't voice <laughs> Tifa in Advent Children. That was Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah. Of, uh, of course, yeah, the, but... the great movie Josie and the Pussycats, and also Advent <laughs> Children. Yeah. That legitimately yeah. great movie. I'm not even being sarcastic at all. That's a really fun movie. Uh, but mm. So are you going to have to meet with Rachel Lee Cook now to sign a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth render just to go and make sure everything's uh, as confusing <laughs> be, as possible? That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Uh, I could do that. Yeah, but frankly, I want to meet all of the remake and rebirth voice actors because, like I said, you know, any one of them could have been my favorite if that was my favorite character. So, like Barrett, second favorite character, I would really love to meet John Eric Bentley. And it's funny, uh, John Eric Bentley recently he was in Birmingham, which is my old hometown growing up. And, um, you know, he was there and obviously I'm not there anymore. So I missed out on that opportunity, which was sad. But, um, yeah, I, w- I would love to meet all the others and, you know, get signatures from them as well. Like, but I- I'm-, I'm so glad I got to meet Britt Barron. Like, truly, she was just so, such, she just put in such a phenomenal performance. Like, you know, and the f- fact that I got to, like, tell her, tell her how impressed I was with it. And you know, get that signature from it like was was just insane to me. It was it was a huge life goal moment. I once met um, Ash from the Evil Dead movies at a convention, and we got a picture taken. Oh, is it? Yeah, I got a picture taken with him, and it was the worst picture I've ever had taken in my life. <laughs> I look horrible. Well, that's, like that's why I never show it to anybody. That. Yeah, before that, I had a picture taken with Troy Baker and Nolan North, but I didn't get to say anything to them. You know, it was literally just go there, have the picture taken, and then fuck off. Yeah, right? that's that's you what know? you do. The you only... like you have like a second of banter, and then it's like, all right, pose done. Right? Yeah, and my second of banter was me saying like, "Hey, Troy, you're my favorite ocelot," which he is. Like, I thought he was the best revolver ocelot of the three. Uh, no. <laughs> that was all no. I got to say to him. Really? No, Troy's is the best. Best. Yeah, like, the the original, the Metal Gear Solid One version, is the best ocelot. I like that one, but like, you know, it's just everything Troy says just sounds so ominous, and that's just perfect ocelot. I like the full cartoony arcadey version. This 
is the finest handgun ever made. That version. Yeah, I get that. I, I yeah, yeah, I do. I, there's something I really appreciate about that. As now well, you'll but, see like, why they call me Revolver. It's a fun voice. Yeah, like also mm. like you know we we uh, saw. I think we've all seen that uh, that most uh, recent uh, trailer for Death Stranding too, and know that Troy Baker now has an even more insane Kojima role. Yep. Yeah, that was the the. the That's true. That, that fight same fucking rolled. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that character is weird because I feel like he was written to be like a satire of Kojima villains and Troy Baker roles, and now he's like absorbed the entire franchise. I don't I don't know what to make of it yet, but uh, that that game looks amazing. I can't wait for that. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there's my story of me meeting one of my heroes. So I did not meet any of my heroes, but I did uh, see Advent Children in theaters, speaking of Rachel Lee Cook. Uh, that came out in theaters last mm. Wednesday. This is the Advent Children complete version, which is the version that's actually... Yeah, the one that's actually like a movie and not just uh, right. a Monty Oom tech demo fight scene for 45 minutes and like the barest attempt of a plot for 20 minutes. And uh, I'm going to say a few things about that experience. First of all, I feel so damn old being in that theater. Because as it turns out, Advent Children is 20 years old now. There's a major plot point in that movie about flip phones. Vincent Valentine's yep. character arc is that he does not have a flip phone, but then will get a flip phone. Nobody has iPhones yep. yet. That's that's the major thing. Like That's the major tech innovation. And of course, the original Final Fantasy VII, yep. no one has phones. God, yeah, that that's like the uh, that's like the year in general. Like, like one of the plot points of Dirge of Cerberus is like we we've just repaired the internet. Yeah, and wait, there was internet. <laughs> yes, and, and also Hojo has uploaded his brain to the internet and it's taking yes. over people's bodies. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. basically what happened. Um. Oh yeah, in uh, Kingdom Hearts three, a major plot point is that Sora gets his first iPhone. And then they have social yeah. media. I mean, so those social media posts were some of the funniest thing in the game. It so is, like... yeah. It, it is, it oh, is this funny uh, running plot point in Square Enix products of their characters slowly adapting to technological innovations. So nothing, nothing different about this Advent Children, right? It's just the same Advent Children complete that we've yes. already seen. It is the original okay. version, um, well, the 2009 touch-up. So uh, the one that came mm. out for Blu-rays, the one that, uh, if you recall, is actually responsible for Final Fantasy XIII coming out at all because they had to go make a demo mm. for that game, and before that happened, they had no idea what game they were making and had just been wasting the last five years shitting around. They're like, oh, mm. shit, we have to actually make something. Uh, this. And then it turns out they made something that was fairly decently cool in concept and deeply flawed for a million other reasons we're not going to get oh, into that. is that why lightning is so much like cloud and why the intro is so much is a freaking train sequence that's why the no, combat that, that, in... that stuff had been dictated early on like the thing is like oh, they did stuff oh, like okay. the they did stuff like the stuff that you need to commission visual works for first and like square enix uh, really hates you wasting visual works time. So if you do something with them, 
they will do one take and you have to fucking use it. Like there's there's oh. a blooper in the Heavensward trailer that they had to keep in because they sent the wrong uh, wrong model. Uh, but like, well, they're already finished. You don't get a chance to revise now. You are showing that as is. It is why mm, uh, Lightning okay. has a zero gravity power that shows up in the first trailer and is basically yeah, never used in the actual game. Like five minutes in. Yeah, it's like, oh mm. yeah, we had that idea, and it turns out it doesn't work at all for what we're doing. Uh, yeah. Like, that's also why, like, uh, you know, when uh, they return to Cocoon, Snow immediately blows their, blows their cover because, like, they made this cutscene not knowing where to go in because it's cool. And, but, and, oh, well, this is the only place we can put it. So, yeah, it goes fucking there. That's why Sid dies, comes back to life, and dies again. Because also in that scene, Sid's there, but he's already dead in the story. So he needs to come back. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, of I'll say. What I'll say about Advent Children, right, is when you um, when you read some of the novels they wrote after, or not necessarily, you don't even need to read the novels when you, like, you know, just read, like, the summaries of them or, like, the main point. Like, it kind of makes sense in context, with that added context, as to how the characters are behaving. So, for example, like... When I first saw Evan Children, I remember thinking, like, Cloud was so emo. And he just wasn't emo in the original at all. Like, they just didn't... You know, Cloud had this whole, like, depression well, did thing you watch going the, on. Did you watch the original version or the Advent Children complete version? Uh, I originally watched the original version. That was okay, the first, yeah. The, the original version does a terrible job of explaining what is going on and why Cloud is this way. Uh, right Advent right Complete exactly actually like re-edit scenes and uh, it does a there's a weird bit of editing where they do a lot of cross-cutting between scenes like going back and forth the big cloud and tifa scene is yeah. spread out over like 10 minutes of yeah. cuts forward and back yeah. uh, not that's fine um because it's an awful scene uh rachel lee cook who is yeah, a good actress is. but is so bad in this movie um that th- these are some of like my uh, my notes about this. Here. One, my first note is that I saw it dubbed, and it is incredible how much better Square Enix English dubbing has gotten over the last twenty years than it was back in two thousand five. Oh, oh yeah. This original it's dub so is much so awkward in so many ways, and. One of the worst problems is that they decide to translate all the little, like, Japanese, like, which probably works better in Japanese, but doesn't translate into English all that well. All, like, the little oohs and uh and mm, like, in the middle of conversations. Like, nobody nobody talks like that. That's not how people... It's funny, yeah. It's funny. People said that a lot that about Seven Remake a lot as well. And but they've the, been the, saying actually, that it happens the... less in Rebirth. Actually, the funny thing about that, the dub of Remake actually has more grunts than the Japanese. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Well, was, I was, all I know is that... Turned down into Rebirth, but people pointed out, no, the, no, just that sounds weird. So they just kept it uh, at the same level this time around. Well, it was, uh, it was mm, a big okay. problem in 13 specifically because of the Neil, where she was like, ooh, ah, ooh. Like really over dramatic. Yeah, 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 I know that one. Yeah, yeah. that's um, quite yeah, distracting. Like that that is... character. That's that's a fair one. I, I also just don't think Tifa was written that well in Advent Children, right? 
like, yeah, she has a it, she has it a wasn't, bad role. It, she has a really bad role. Like, and and the thing is, you know, like Tifa becoming a mother, effectively, or like an adoptive mother, and running the bar again. That's fine. That's all perfectly in character. You know, like there's stuff about it that is perfectly well within character. I have no problem with it whatsoever. But the problem is, you know, with the backdrop of everything going on, it just doesn't, it just seems like she was just written to be in it, but not given like a key part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's another note I have about this movie, which is that this is Cloud's movie specifically. And uh, yep. which yeah. I always had a problem with because Final Fantasy VII is Cloud's story. He is the main character and the main perspective and yeah. the guy with the most amount of shit to deal with. But the movie yeah. is so extremely Cloud versus the bad guys and the party have yep. to be secondary, all of them. So I'm kind of made you want something. Uh, a lot of the compilation stuff does feel like they often have scenes where characters are there just for the sake of being there. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah like like yeah, like yeah. You, you, like, you gotta remember that you know this this party member from Seven also still existed at this time in the in the story. You like like yeah, because the story takes place the the entire compilation takes place over like a decade. Yeah, of course they're still around. Yeah, so like you know it's it's basic it's like you say you know it's it's cloud story completely and i feel like the only reason tifa has the prominence that she has is because she's as popular as she is and for no no other reasons like i don't feel like her role in the story go on sorry she is his life partner one way or the other in this story she is but i don't feel like her role in the story justifies the amount of screen time she gets like I feel no. I I don't feel like the role is out of character for her. I just feel like if they're gonna give her that role, then they should relegate her to being just as much of a background as like you know like Yuffie or Barrow oh, or Cloud's Red. Cloud's not 13. living with any right. of those people. He didn't start a life with any of those yeah. people. That's like Red Thirteen is barely in this movie because they didn't know how to animate him. I remember reading. Oh well, yeah, that that that. It's too. like, oh wait, and, uh, there's this lion guy. How do we? Yeah, we're. Yeah, that's another thing. Look, it's like, it, this it, movie... it took them until just now to figure out how to animate red. Like that, that's a very difficult thing to do. Now, one side note is uh, this movie still looks okay, but it's clearly dated, and it's kind of interesting to think like when I saw this, this was top of the line effects and. In many ways, mm-hmm. decided the aesthetic direction of Square Enix for like the next twenty years, but also I can see like how this is clearly worse than a PlayStation Four game in terms of most graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these two kids both yeah. have the same face, and it's not a good-looking face. Can you please get them off camera? They're too. They should not be this close to the camera. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was I? The music say? was great. The music is great. Yeah, that's another. The music is the music so good. Is really good. And, it, like, it still fucking pops so hard at the end when Sephiroth appears and One-Winged Angel starts. It's as cool as anything Square has ever done. Oh, yeah. And One-Winged Angel is still, yeah, it's still, like, peak soundtrack. Like, the Sephiroth, I feel like, is actually written badly. He's barely in the movie. He just shows up as a final boss well, and has, like, three lines. 
Kadosh and he shows up basically because the the reason he shows up is because clearly Square were making the movie were like, well, he can't not show up. Well, yeah, he has to show up somehow. Yeah. Like you can't make a Final Fantasy VII movie without putting Sephiroth in it, and that's fair. Like I I wouldn't disagree with him on that at all. I just feel like I I do not feel like he's written well at all. Like it doesn't. You know, having recently worked on Sephiroth's page, it 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 seems so completely out of character the way they wrote him in it. Well, that's like, interesting uh, you say that because like they have him backfilling character that is not in the original seven. Like his entire motivation, he suddenly explains, is to uh, fly the planet around as his big barren death spaceship and conquer the universe. It's like yeah. wait, that. You never said that in the original game. That's suddenly a whole new. No, thing. he didn't. Like no, they... his his motivation was he wanted to become a god. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, it. And like... I'm sure a god could do that, but yeah, right. at the same time, it's not really made explicit what he wants to do, what he actually wants to do with the power that he's seeking. Yeah, this is uh, and they came up visually... with this explanation that's just kind of funny really like like yeah we're gonna take the planet uh you, you know smashing a rock into a plant works so well how about we take this planet and smash it into other planets or something like it's meteors all the way down it is yeah bigger meteor uh one thing another thing uh like one of my major complaints and this goes back to my issue about a party-based game becoming like a single player quote-unquote movie uh, they kind of screw up the order of the big climaxes, I feel. So, like, in the second to last major battle scene, which is the fight against uh, Bahamut something. What is that thing called? He's got a specific... Uh, Sin, I think. Bahamut Sin, yeah. yeah he's, he's all funky and weird-looking, like all the summons that they <laughs> have. Uh, so the entire party joins in that and lifts Cloud up so that he can go and have the final attack against the boss... And I'm like, this is awesome, and this is a thematic statement about Cloud not being alone, and everyone's together, and it's 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 great. It's this ultimate fan service moment. This should mm. be the end of the movie. That should be the final attack against Sephiroth. Is everyone together standing up against him? Not Cloud on his own. And like the movie itself yeah. comes up with this explanation. It's like Cloud's got to do this on his own. This is anime shit. Like one on one shit. I'm like. Fuck off, get out there and go and blow him up because if he fails, he blows up the entire planet. No, right. no but you have the you have the order wrong. The theme is completely backwards. And Cloud wants to fight oh, alone. He should be fighting alone against Bahamut and then fighting with everybody against Sephiroth. But that yeah. that's fine. It's it is uh, all right, the original Advent Children I wouldn't even call a movie, I would call it like has anyone ever seen the Resident Evil, like, CG movie that came out around that same time? No. It's not no. good. It's, it's awful. But it's just like, all right, this is a tech exercise, an aesthetic exercise, pure fan service. Here's all your guys, and they're going to go do action in ways that are impossible to do at the time in current video game technology. Advent Children Complete actually writes, backfills a story... So Denzel and all the other various characters feel more complete as people. And Tifa's role is still terrible, but yep. 
I don't think she's actually given more to do, but I guess we just know, we understand Cloud more. So the fact that she's willing to put yep. up with his bullshit, I guess, is better explained because he seems more like a person. You can understand why she would want to stick, stick around and wait for this guy. Yep. If you do see any version, do not watch the original Advent Children. It's completely useless and bad. Advent Children Complete is tolerable, but I I also started laughing in the opening two minutes because I imagined the person coming in here who had not played Final Fantasy VII and you have uh, Barrett's daughter Marlene narrating the plot of the first game. And it's like, if you had not played the original game, it doesn't matter how they explain it. This doesn't make any fucking sense to you. It is just complete gobbledygook nonsense. Yeah, if, oh, you've, yeah. if you've played 7, it barely makes any fucking sense. Yep. Like, um, like I mean, 7... Like, I mean, I guess it's not the hardest thing in the world to comprehend, but it's still, uh, it still has a lot that leaves things up to the imagination. And also the translation yeah. of the original does not do us any favors. But, um, and the ending is explicitly completely unclear, which I think yeah, Children oh, yeah. Complete like, has to rewrite. Right, because, yeah, I mean, who, did anyone other than Red survive? Who fucking knows? Who fucking cares? The planet was healed anyway. Um, life found and, a way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Life found a way. Uh, Red, Red, uh, Red found a girlfriend, and you know, all, all is well. Yeah. yeah, he did not need to marry Aerith. Marith Aerith. He did not need to marry Aerith. The way I guess I look at Advent Children is like you know, as a as a movie, it's not good. As an addition to Final Fantasy VII's universe, the lore, I mean, you know, there's, there's some stuff I find disagreeable and there's stuff that doesn't really bother me. But as a visual work, right, as a piece of fan service, I think it's, I think it's top-notch. Like, as in regards to that, you know, visually, it's... It, like it's like you say, you know, it doesn't one hundred percent hold up, but it still holds up decently well if you consider when it came out. It you is know, the, the music w- was incredible. It is and the it best us... movie that Square Enix has ever made. They've made three like, movies. Yeah. This is the only yeah, one easily. I would yeah. ever say anyone should ever see for any reason. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. It kind yeah. of it kind of defined their aspirations for. Uh, the combat system for two generations they didn't get anything even close to that until seven remake came out yeah no it it really is this you can see it almost in kingdom hearts 2 by that point where suddenly everyone's doing this matrix wuxia movie extreme anime stuff that they were not doing beforehand and like you would Mm -hmm. if you had played the original final fantasy 7 you would have no inkling whatsoever that cloud uh completely can basically fly and run up walls and physics doesn't really apply to him in any way whatsoever hmm. yeah it Man, does King have that's too but so cool it was cool you know what the early 2000s post matrix era post star wars prequels era there was there was a lot of embarrassing nonsense at that time but some of it is still cool and matters to us to this day absolutely yeah. 
Yeah, I think you guys kind of missed out not seeing the new one. Of course, Some Color Mage, you couldn't see it because it, it didn't come out at the theaters yeah. in Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have seen the film that that one time that we tried to like record a commentary for it and we lost the footage of that. But you know, yeah, yeah, that was funny. like maybe maybe better on the big screen. But well, I don't really have a chance to check that for myself. It really felt like coming home again in a way because I have not seen this movie since 2011 2012 might be the last time I saw mm. it you know what actually probably the last time I saw it was when Advent Children Complete came out I, I mm. like I watched the uh, Sephiroth versus Cloud fight a million times on YouTube and another thing that was funny is I was watching like the various Tifa fights and things and I'm like oh yeah I remember every one of these hero shots because Every person had this as their like forum icon for ten years or whatever, all throughout oh, my yeah. teens and twenties. Oh yeah, that's what I mean about feeling yeah. old. I'm like, oh shit, no one, kid, everyone in this theater is in their thirties. The Tifa fight would have been great if it weren't for the ending. Like, you know, if it weren't, if they weren't gonna end it with, oh, and she gets beat up. Just kidding. Like, what the like, what the hell was the point? Like, what the hell was the point of having a winner fight only to then lose it? Because she has to job for uh, Greaser Sephiroth. One of the core personalities of Sephiroth, for some reason, is Evil Greaser. I, I don't fully understand that. He's got a pompadour. We, we don't see the pompadour side of Sephiroth very often in the original version. But, as it turns out, it's one of the three cores of his personality. Pompadour. Great graphics just were not complex enough yet for that. Yeah. Maybe in a Rebirth. This does actually lead me to wonder, like, you know how when Crisis Core came out, we were all wondering, like, what the grand strategy of that move was? Like, with Zack coming back. Do you think that Advent Children coming out a week before Rebirth, they're going to have some sort of, like, Kadage is going to show up in this freaking game or something? Well, I wouldn't be surprised because, like, the ending of uh, remake was already referencing that. Like in the whisper fight, the uh, the three main whispers that you're fighting, that like they they are like whisper versions of the Sephiroth clones. Are they? Whoa, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that, that's Rupert, what some people Rupert theorize. Rupert and the other one, like that that they 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 are based on the on the three Sephiroth clones. That's what some people have theorized, and some people say. No, actually, they're based on Cloud Barrow Tifa. Like, yeah, yeah. Some you know. people like one of the Ultimanias. Yeah. Uh, what what does the Ultimania say? The Ultimania says it's based on the remnants, or it's based on the three party members. The Ultimania uh, the says remnants. the remnants. Okay. Yeah. All right. So one is semi-official, and the other is fanon. Even though the fanon explanation yeah. actually makes more sense, but whatever. It's what I thought. Mm. Um. But um. It's yeah. If 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 the reviews are anything to go by, then <laughs> the ending doesn't clear things up. Wait, what do you mean? What, reviews? For they what? didn't. The 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 reviews for Seven Rebirth. They don't spoil the ending. They just say it's confusing. I don't want to hear a single thing about Rebirth until I play it. Like I don't. I, I don't want to disappointed know. if if the ending of Rebirth is straightforward. I don't want yeah. to know anything about the ending. I don't want to hear any rumors about what the ending is. The only thing I want to see about Rebirth is Tifa in that bikini in Costa del Sol. That's it. 
That's in it. Yeah. That is in it. Yes. It's a thing. It's a thing. It is all anyone on Twitter talked about for two straight days. Yep. It was wild. Like I, I went back to Twitter specifically because I'm like, I have to, I have to know. And I, I found out. Um, so the, also the other big thing about Rebirth is that earlier this month there was a PlayStation, um, the hell do they even call their PlayStation? Like the State of Play. State of Play, yeah. Mm-hmm. PlayStation Direct, let's just call it that. Uh, they had one explicitly all about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and then, of course, a demo dropped with the Nibelheim section. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. we all played that, right? Yep. Yes. And also, the the, like, last section. week it got updated with Junon, yeah, so I played that too. I did not play the Junon section because I think the Nibelheim section, like, that saves and that'll like start the game up after that. I don't want to get spoiled on June. Oh, that's uh, there's nothing really spoilerish in it. I just feel like it would like mess with the order of things. I want to. I don't want to waste any time. And the Ju- yeah, the Junon they... thing doesn't save progress, so like yeah. no, I... it's it's purely gameplay. Okay. It's pure. There's. Well, There's purely gameplay and ends with ends with some cutscenes because ends on the boss fight and uh, like yeah, like, but the cutscenes on story relevant other than oh Yuffie's introduced, but we already knew that. Oh, Yuffie's yeah. not going to join until all right. That would make sense because that would be right around the point where you meet her in the forest, optionally in the original game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's under June on. Okay, so we will. Okay, so what was everyone's thoughts about the demo of what they played? Uh, who's going first? I'm not. Uh, I, I talked for like 20 back. minutes. So I, I need to find my. All right, again. I'll go first. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I feel like the Nibelheim, the Nibelheim demo for me, like, was about with one exception. Like, there's one thing that I feel like the original did better. But with that aside, I felt like it was about as good as they could have done it. Honestly, like what what Nibelheim what the Nibelheim flashback needs to do, it needs to do two things, right? The first thing is it needs to give you Cloud's kind of backstory for, you know, his alleged time in soldier. Uh, right? Should we are we just going spoilers? We're just going spoilers. We don't care. Let's go spoilers. Yeah, you okay. know what? They released so Cloud's, Advent Children is... to theaters a week before this game came out, so they don't care about spoilers either. Right. Yeah. So it just gives you Cloud's fake backstory when he thought he was a soldier, right? You know, and gives you, like, what what life was like for him during that time. And more importantly, the main thing it needs to do is set up Sephiroth as a villain, you know? And I feel like it does that. I would say probably this is the best version of the Nibelheim incident we've gotten so far. Uh, it's it's much better than the Crisis Core version, in my view. I feel like the Crisis Core version is not nearly as good as Final Fantasy VII, the original. But this version does a great job of showing Sephiroth his descent into madness and just how how bad he got. You know, so before... Like before the before Sephiroth's descent into madness, you see him, he's still like 
He's still a little stoic, a little cool and all of that, right? You know, but he has a warmth and humanity to him that, you know, is obviously lost later on. You know, you see a Sephiroth that's much more of a complete human being kind of thing. And then you get to see slowly over time how that's like, how after him learning about his origins, he just completely like lost that. And then you see how he goes from that to just being, you know, pure evil and just a complete menace and, you know, suddenly loses touch with the world around him. Like, he burns an entire village, not because he's... uh, I mean, he is very sadistic as well. But it's more just that he just doesn't give a shit about human life, you know, he's just completely detached from anything anything whatsoever he's now a pure sociopath right you get to see how you know how he goes from like you get to see his descent basically and what they added to this which was really cool was you know before in Nibelheim there's like five people in the whole village and now you get to see a fully alive complete village with you know dozens and dozens of people walking around you get to see how they adore him you know, they bring back the mayor from the from the Tifa novel that Nojima released. They bring, uh, they give Zangun more to do. And okay, I've always always really wanted to meet Zangun, like because he's basically like older Sabin from Final Fantasy VI. Is he in Tifa. the original Final Fantasy VII? Can you even talk to him? Yes, but very briefly. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like I'm, he he's involved in uh, learning Tifa's ultimate limit break, right? Yeah, you find uh, yeah. you play the piano and you find a letter from him where he says, "Oh, I was uh, you were my favorite student and whatever. This is my ultimate technique, whatever." Very reminiscent of uh, happens in Final Fantasy VI when Sabin learns his ultimate blitz too. But um, right. yeah, so like, so that you know, but you but them sh- showing you more of the Nibelheim villagers how they were reacting to Sephiroth just gives you a much clearer picture of Sephiroth as a villain now. And it's something I felt was massively missing from Seven Remake for someone who hasn't... If you don't know about Sephiroth, then they make Sephiroth in Remake as a complete caricature of himself. Like, you know, he's what Sephiroth haters think Sephiroth is. And finally in Seven Rebirth with the Nibelheim, I feel like this is the, the best version of Sephiroth now. We get to see that again, and they're doing it in a way that's really, really good. So I'm, I'm just really happy with it. Everything else in the, you know, all the stuff about Cloud getting to see his mother, getting to go through Tifa's place, whatever, like all of that's all back, and it's done well. Like it's basically Final Fantasy VII Remake Chapter One. This is this game's version of it, where. There's no bullshit whispers thrown in. There's no, like, stupid stuff added in, right? It's just how it was in the original game, but done much better. Now, there's one thing I was disappointed in. It's only one, and it's relatively small. In Final Fantasy VII, the original, there's, before you enter Nibelheim, there's one fight with a dragon, and then the dragon will kill Cloud in, like, one hit. And then Sephiroth will do like nine 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 damage to it, and it will be like insane. And you're like, holy shit, how powerful is this guy? How the hell are we ever going to stop him? And there's no moment like that 
in Rebirth anymore. Like, he gets to play as as Sephiroth, but he's not, like, he's not that much more drastically overpowered than Cloud is this time. Like, and I I don't really agree with that decision. I liked when Sephiroth was so, like, it, it just made him seem like so much more of a threat when they showed hey. that power imbalance. But, again, that's a really, really minor point. See, the thing is, I think that makes more sense because, like, okay. you know, while, yes, Cloud is, Cloud would actually be that weak in the, in what really happened in his mind, he he was the same rank as Sephiroth. They're both first class. So, like, while Sephiroth would, like, still be the better man at this point, it makes sense that Cloud is closer to his level. Hmm. That's, well, okay, that's, Sephiroth, that's a fair perspective. Sephiroth feels incredibly overpowered versus how Cloud feels in the demo. Se- Sephiroth does feel stronger, yes. Uh, also, yeah. Sephiroth feels feels uh, way too detailed of a character to just be a throwaway demo party member. Like, d- dude has fucking secret mechanics. Like, the game doesn't tell you that uh, that he can actually extend his ATB abilities and even his limit break when his uh, unique bar is full. Like, like if you... Like, if you, like, Sephiroth's thing is that he has this meter that uh, increases as he takes, da- as he deals damage and uh, empties if he gets hit. And if that's full, you can press triangle to get extra moves to his combo and stuff. And, like, oh, if you use it with, uh, with Hell's Gate or the other thing, he does even more attacks if you hit triangle at the end of that. If you do it after Octo Slash, he extends it for another hit if you hit triangle at the end of that while the meter's full. Feels like this should be more than just someone who's around for the tutorial. Do you think he's going mm, to be around for, like, mini games or twisting I, I think he's joining I, the party? I think he is going to be playable in some form later on. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe Chadley figures out a way to uh, to load his dash into the VR helmet or something. But yeah, yeah, that is that was my thought. The Chad, Chadley combat Chadley. The Chad Chadley versus the Virgin Sephiroth. Um, uh, I you know what? Oh, one I last thing. One yeah. last thing. I forgot. Um, there's the moments in the Nibelheim flight. Oh no, that that wasn't going to be it. I'll but, complain um, about no, that. Don't moments... worry, I, I'll get to that. Sweet, yeah. There's moments in the flashback where it's like it's obvious that the trooper in the background is real Cloud, uh-huh. right? They're not you know, coy about it. Like they are one, coy about there's it. There's but... one, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one line that's at the very start of it that's obviously by Cody Christian, Cloud's voice actor. Yeah. That's spoken by the trooper. It's obviously by the same voice yeah. actor. They should the camera yeah, like, the camera arcs around so you can see he's got blonde hair. Yeah. And then there's yeah, and like, like one... he's he's present at uh, present uh, in front of uh, like Claudia's house during the during the massacre. Like you pass him and yeah, and he's the one yeah. saying the line of what Cloud would have actually have been saying then. Uh, when the camera yeah, switches they... to uh, POV, you're wearing different clothes. You're wearing the trooper's clothes. Oh, I didn't notice that. I did notice the POV switch. But, I, think, um, I think I saw that. I didn't notice that, but someone on online did. Yeah, it's it's yeah. done in a way that it's not like too too overt. Like we know because we know the story, but if someone yeah. was going into it for the first time, I don't think they'd immediately pick up on that. 
So I, yeah. I, I love I, that. I love those I feel like, bits they added in. Uh, I feel like Tifa's part of the narration was also more explicitly doubtful, except for the part where if you uh, admit to uh, sneaking around in in her uh, underwear drawer, because, like, yeah, that was probably actually the real cloud. Um, okay, <laughs> so we, we both... Well, you don't go through her underwear drawer anymore. You just go into her, her like, bureau. Yeah, yeah, but, like... Yeah, the, the the actually the bit where like T T friend Eric just saying in unison, you asshole is yeah, like that, one of the best is, parts yeah, of the demo. A, yeah. We both we oh, both oh, all oh. of us opened up that friggin' closet, right? <laughs> of oh, course last, we did. Last thing. Yeah, and last, now last we sorry, now we I have to take a, a <laughs> now we have to take a negative to our uh, Tifa romance bar probably by opening that. Uh I they they do like an on-screen thing where they tell you like if it affected their relationship or not. Like they actually make the dating mechanics explicit this time, which yeah. is cool. Gonna make my life a lot easier when I'm writing that page. Um, but last 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 thing, uh, Tifa in the Nibelheim flashback in the original she has fuck all to do. She's like very very minor, and she actually has a role this time. And uh, I'm happy to say. Britt Baron once again, like, just shows so much range because she's clearly playing, you know, a less cynical version of Tifa. Like, yes, this Tifa has lost her mother, but she hasn't lost her entire village yet. She hasn't had everything burned to the ground yet. So she's one who's a little bit more youthful, a bit more like, um, you know what, like what Tifa could have ended up as if she hadn't, you know, experience what she'd experienced right and i i feel like she did a great job of it you know there's parts where you see like oh you know she's training with zanga and she is able to like kick that monster out of the sky but she's still not nearly as strong as you know these two soldiers around her so and i, I really liked her role in it and it was it was a big surprise i didn't expect her to have that big of a role yeah um what was i gonna say Oh yeah, the, another major character shift is uh, Cloud's personality in these backtrack back flashbacks. That's the term, flashbacks. Yeah, uh, you can see him subtly start doing squats and things, and it's like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. So if you the had played Crisis Core, yeah, if you had played Crisis Core, you'd be like, oh wait a minute. Well, then again, if you played Crisis yeah, Core, yeah. you'd already know the twist. But it's like these screaming right. exact yeah. moments. Uh, also, Sephiroth calling like, it Cloud. It really feels like at this point they're not even trying to hide it. Like, like you know, the the oh, oh this game, this is uh, something you can play completely standalone. Like, probably you can, probably you can, but it's clear that they're just like giving it. Uh, but you're really not starting with this one with a wink and a nudge, like every five minutes. Well, I was gonna say Sephiroth calling Cloud a puppy, which. Yeah. Both oh, an, God, yes. an extreme, an extreme nod towards the shippers, uh, who oh, have been, yeah, who have just been feasting this past month, but also an extreme Crisis Core reference. Uh, my God, Absolutely. that that scene in the trailer where Cloud stabs Sephiroth and they're both embracing—that's like, oh come on, who, who? We all know what we're doing <laughs> here, right? Yes, this this yeah, uh, yeah, this, yeah. Uh, last uh, this last month uh, feels like it has been. Um, the gayest moment in Final Fantasy VII history, yes. It's, it's just been like, we're just going to go as horny as possible this last month because we have that and then we have Tifa in that bikini. So it's just, everyone's been losing yeah. their mind. It's It's been yeah, you, it's been a time to the, be a Final the, the, Fantasy fan. 
the the contrast between Final Fantasy VII remake deciding to get rid of uh, of uh, you know, Red Thirteen's involvement in Hojo's breeding plan, and then that one trailer for Re- Rebirth. Where, where Red sees Aerophantif in the bikinis and uh, you realise, yes, he is a teenager with everything that implies. Um, what? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I know that. what you're in about. Okay, I, the, I just the, know... Like, I know the scene where Cloud uh, reacts and like looks down and then looks quite, right up. I, I, the, the, <laughs> I Look at her the, eyes, the, soldier. The in the tr- there, there, yeah. There's a bit in, in, in the trailer where, uh, where uh, like, Tifa in there of like, uh, so so. What do you think? A- and Red's voice immediately cracks. He immediately sounds like an actual sixteen-year-old. Yep, that happens. I, I don't. I don't know what to do about that. I don't like that. That's the kind of horny we don't need. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, so, combat-wise, I this is continuing off the uh, Yuffie DLC expansion. So. It feels much more active and actiony, and the dodge roll actually does something, versus the yep. original, which was like it, it was a turn-based RPG with combat kind of stapled onto it. It feels more of an evolution on it, and it 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 feels great. This is as good as it's ever felt. Yeah. Uh, I was listening Easily. to I was listening to yeah. a podcast today where. Um, Jackson from the uh, they're the Yuko from Nichigo uh, Twitter account. They had the comment uh, Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Final Fantasy sixteen found dead in Miami. <laughs> and I'm like, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh man, Final Fantasy sixteen is such shit compared to this in retrospect. Like, uh, the, like the thing that they re- really, really are continuing from Integrate is is a lot of Yuffie's and Sonon's movesets feel like they're distinct replacements for Materia. Like, you don't really need to put a, put offensive spells on Yuffie because she because she has the ability to just change the element of her standard attacks at will. And like Sonon, he gets an ability that just completely replaces the Provoke Materia, and that is something that is definitely going on here. Like. Like you don't really need to put like a fire or thunder material on Cloud because one of his one of his new attacks is a physical attack that is both fire and thunder elemental. Like, and yeah. I have heard some th- things from other people giving previews that yeah, that is kind of a recurring theme from others and like, the, and like there are abilities and stuff that are very pushing towards certain builds like naturally Aerith is the best with spell material and such and and like and like there's a, I can't imagine any build with red that's not going to have that precision block material because he wants to block everything red and cloud is the other one yeah and speaking of that you know like deadly dodge and parry material in Final Fantasy 7 remake if you didn't have those on Tifa, what the hell were you doing? Because whereas in, like, whereas in Rebirth, that's the standard for everyone. Like exactly. everyone's already pretty it's, much it's got. It's beautiful. Them. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now I have two extra material slots that I can, you know, do stuff with. And that's not to mention, you know, in the Junon, we're gonna have, as we've seen, there's like fire and ice material now. Thunder and what? Thunder and wind? Was it thunder and yeah, wind? Yeah, yeah. Lightning and wind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're combining different elements into like materia. 
you know. And so yeah, I'm and thinking like, like, are, like more expensive to level up, but at the same time, there's a new type of materia that is just uh, the materia that it's linked to behaves as if it's one level higher than it currently is. Yeah, and the one I was most excited about, right? You know. Again, like I've said in the past, like I always, I've always had a soft spot for Final Fantasy Tactics, despite sucking at it. But I'm really happy that they put bravery and faith in there. Like I just think that's such a cool nod to that game. Like it's so cool that they added that that in in a material now. And you know, I yeah, it, it's obvious how also, you do it. Yeah, a, yeah, even in buffs, there's a variety in how to approach this because like you've still got right. the. Uh, You've still got the the uh, protect material from from re from uh, remake that had you know the uh, the mana ward and uh, whatever the barrier physical barrier, mana barrier yes, but you've also got a protect and shell material this time right, along with the protect and day shell material. Right, and they're completely and they're actually completely yeah. different because you'd look at that and you think, what the fuck? That's the same thing. Like that's the same. Yeah. That's the same ability. You know, originally I just thought the barrier was just protect the protect spell but just translated differently but no it turns out so barrier reduces it by half regardless of what it is like regardless yeah. of any stats or whatever and yeah. protect just increases the uh your defense stats so you add protect and and barrier and basically nothing can hit you but yeah. you know equally and, you and, add deep and for extra thing just give you enemy de de bravery right <laughs> right like they they've just gone so creative with the different spells that you've got on add on to yeah. that these new fucking synergy abilities that are so much yeah. fun you know like and, the one and with where the material, like... so like just actually before synergy with the material not only you know all of these various slots and stuff you can turn your accessory into a material slot like there's a uh, like oh, there's no not way. a lot of it in the demo, but there's, but you know that island that uh, that some people have pointed out as like the freedom that's like, hey, yeah, you can actually just jump into the water, swim onto that island. On that yeah, island yeah, yeah. is an accessory that is just that there is an accessory that is just this this accessory slot now counts as a maxed out MP up materia. Oh, that's fucking beautiful. I didn't touch the like... materia in the demo I played at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, like, it's just amazing, like, how much stuff they've added in it. So, it's to the point where I feel like if I do have a criticism, it's that they almost give you too much. It's like, <laughs> you know, they almost, like, overwhelm you with too many options, right? That, you know, but that's so, like... That's so cool about as a JRPG, it just feels like a natural evolution rather than, you know, look, I'm not, again, I'm, I don't want to hate on 16 or 15. They I just will. weren't for me. So I'm not, I'm okay, not you, like. You can hate on 15 all you want. We both agree with you. Okay, fair enough. All right. But like, it, you know, you go back to that and it just feels like the combat is so overly simplistic and past the point of, choosing like what food you're going to eat before the fight there's no strategy to it it seems like and now it just but feels like, like see, we're going like see i go don't on. mind 16 because 16 is doing something def definitively different from this it's aiming for okay. different things entirely 
but but fifteen to me barely counts as a combat system. Okay, okay. Well, so fifteen is a game like where a, you hold the square button. It's not like a combat system. It is more of an action game. This is like this is where we kind of find ourselves in the weird technical era of like a combat system is more of a combat simulation, and then. Another thing is more of a direct, like, mechanical challenge of hit the buttons in the right era. It's like two completely so, different philosophies of video games that Square has been trying to bounce between left and right. And it feels like Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth are the ones that have actually managed to marry them well, whereas 15 and 16 have not succeeded in that. Well, what I'll say, like, and I say this... Like, the thing is, no 16 disrespect. succeeded on one side, but failed on the other side too hard. 15 does not succeed as either, either side. Yeah, 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 that's, 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 that's totally fair. That's, that, that's to- a totally fair way of putting it. So I'll rephrase what I said and say, like, you know, with no disrespect to 16, like, it, it just wasn't for me in the, I feel like it leans so hard in the action section... And I suck at that part. Like, I, I, I'm really bad. I'm really bad at those kind of games. So I much prefer back in the days of, like, you know, Final Fantasy X, for example. That game gives you, like, a million different abilities. And so it's so cool when you fight, like, the Dark Aeons. You know, you get to, like, you have this whole arsenal at your disposal. And you can choose, like, you know, which, which spell am I using? How am I going to beat this boss? And I've been missing that in a Final Fantasy for so long. And it feels like we're finally getting that again. And I'm so excited about it. Also, I will say uh, about Seven Rebirth, if this is the density of the overworld, then it actually works as an open world. Like, to shit on 15 again in a very justifiable manner 15's open yeah. world is so empty that it has to mask it by dropping robots on you every so often well, Se- seven, seven rebirth ju- just this small area of June on it felt like I didn't have to go that far to find something to do that was actually worth doing it well, does two, seem like this uh, is going to be a very dense open world game with actually a ton a ton of things to do in terms of like additional content, the triple triad to game defend, they've thrown in. Actually, I will, I will, uh, I will uh, criticize sixteen on this one as well. That 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 overworld real those overworld areas really should not be overworld areas. Those are basically just like several several dungeons glued together, and they all and they all feel bad. Well, to defend fifteen for a second, like yeah, that world is empty, but um. If you've ever, like, taken the drive from San Antonio to El Paso or anywhere to El Paso and seen, there's absolute fuck all out I've, there. I, like, sure, like, sure, I'm used completely to... <laughs> I've driven across... I'm, uh... I'm in Australia, right? I've gone across straight state lines before. But the thing is, yeah. I'm playing a video game. I am not, yeah, I, I am not yeah, in a I car driving to, driving to fucking Melbourne. I am playing a video game. I drove yeah, across yeah, yeah, yeah. Kansas once, and there is... Final Fantasy Fifteen is, like, the density of uh, Midtown Manhattan versus Kansas, which has literally nothing for forever. And tractor commercials yeah, on it, the radio. That's the most exciting it is, thing. It is one of those things where, where commitment to realism is not an achievement and just makes things worse. 
And no, 15 is not I, I, I realistic in that regard in the first place. So Okay, so going back to 7 Rebirth, like, another thing from the Junon demo. What's really cool is that they have these little chocobo ranches all over the place now. So it's not like the original game where there's the single chocobo ranch and that's where you do all the chocobo breeding and that's where, you know... You, that's that's where all, all of it happens now there's one it, it looks like there's one in every region which i think is really nice like i think that's a really cool idea and that's also like a little bit of a hub because chadley's in the area like i i just i just thought that was a nice addition you know having those and the chocobo stops which presumably those are going to be fast travels question mark like uh yes yeah, so i mean every location is a fast travel stop like that like, yes, there's the little fast travel stops that you have to set up yourself and you get rewarded with currency to buy cosmetics for your chocobo. But also the chocobo point, once you get there, it is a fast travel point. Once you clear one of those uh, special fights on the in the world, that becomes a fast travel point. Actually, speaking of those and Chadley, uh, remember back in Remake when uh, Chadley, uh, Chadley sees Cloud in the dress and clearly has some sort of awakening? Yeah. Well, well, well in this we game, all. Chadley's made a female AI version of himself. What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yes. Oh, so she's yes. called May. What? She's called May. May? M-A-Y? Yep. It stands M-A-I. It stands for Monster Something Intelligence. Okay, I wrote this so, so I don't yeah, yeah. And, like, she's, is... she's the thing that, that describes like all the monsters you're about Mon to fight. Monster Assessment counts. Instrument. That's her name. Okay, yeah. so Chadley is officially as the internet parlance goes an egg. Then I guess we that's basically confirmed. <laughs> yes, that is uh, that is definitely the vibe I got from. Okay. All right, well, you know, I guess we can't call him the Chad versus the Virgin anymore. I, well, I guess we could. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, compared um, to Sephiroth, still there, absolutely. Yeah, oh, oh wow. Subject, female, Chadley. female Chadley looks exactly like uh, the weird goddess character from uh, World of Final Fantasy. Oh, she that's does, also yeah. what I saw people saying, yeah. That's... That is interesting, because she yeah. was like... On the subject of Chadley... Another thing I'm very excited about, Hunter back! Hunter in Final Fantasy XII, they were so fun! I loved the hunts! Those like, are in 16. Oh my god, that... Kinda. Not they, well. they were in 16, and they were in 15. Um, and 13. But they and weren't in 7 Remake. They've been in all these games, actually, I mean, now that you bring it up. Yeah, they've, they've been in every numbered entry since 12, yeah. Okay, okay, so fair enough, but they haven't been in 7 Remake, that was the more... That was what I was getting at more. Like, yeah. Hunts, uh, I just, oh, I so wanted to see Hunts with this party, with this combat system. Like, oh, I was I was so excited for that. So excited. And here they are. And um, we've only seen four of them because we've only seen the Junon area. But so far, so far, like, um, you know, they're challenging. They're actually and we haven't even seen all of Junon, like, like, uh, like you're not yeah. allowed to go to the south part of Junon, and there's a, and there is a wall near the north that clearly can only be traversed by a certain type of chocobo that we don't have yet. Um, and uh, yeah, like this, this is not all of Junon. There, there is 
clearly much more there um and uh like it's implied that it's implied in that in the full game uh the more of these regions you discover the better you do the hunts and stuff like that the more you do uh so chadley still has the vr summon fights and the more you do in the world the easier they'll get because oh like, that's that so is... cool man yeah oh, uh, did you that. actually did you actually finish all the vr stuff because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i completed yeah all. you get phoenix you get phoenix in the demo yeah, yeah. oh I, I love it man okay, um i didn't do and, i'm like, glad i didn't do any of this because i'm uh i'm realizing this game's gonna be like two months of my life probably because it's gonna be like oh, a hours yeah. long. oh man it just it uh, just feels yeah, i to am me. very thankful to my sanity that i finished persona 3 reload yesterday so it's so nothing's competing for time Oh, rest this in peace, is, uh, uh, Yakuza 8. When the hell am I ever going to find time for that? It's sad, it's sadly for me, uh, I, I just know that this game is going to keep me so busy with wiki stuff that I just, you know, I, I, I'm not going to play Persona 3 until, like, the end of the year when I'm done with this game. Like, uh, just so, what, what I'm going to say with this, it just, it feels to me like, you know, with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, like, and with Remake as well, this just doesn't just feel like a love letter to Final Fantasy VII. It feels like a love letter to the whole series, right? You know, the hunts from, you know, from Final Fantasy XII with how well they're done. Like, so far from what I've seen. They might turn out awful, but so far they look good. Like, you know, with that coming back from twelve, you know, with this whole, like, this whole combat system being you know such a so faithful both to the original and to the more like the more action-packed style we've seen like you know the weapon system feeling like crystarium from 13 you know like parts of it feeling like feeling like final fantasy 10 almost they bring back fucking chocobo hot and cold from final fantasy 9 that's back there. It's insane. It's ridiculous how much stuff they've gotten from all these past games. Yeah. According to the reviews, we have a, a tri triple triad kind of card game. Well, that's know? in the trailer, yeah. and I thought they were. Yeah, yeah, and I thought we were going to get, like, I thought Fort Condor was going to be, uh, originally from, from Intermission, I thought Fort Condor was going to be this game's version of Triple Triad, but it sounds like they're doing their own version of Triple Triad. You know like, what, I'm glad, because Fort I, I, Condor wasn't all that good. I'll just... I will be the yeah, one to say it. I'll yeah, be the bad guy. That sucked. Well, I much would prefer a card game. Fair enough. Totally fair. Right. You know, they have bravery and faith spells from Final Fantasy Tactics. It's like, they just show so much, so much of, like, the series' greatest hits, but being integrated yeah. in ways that feel natural. The only thing I'm missing now is the Gambit system. If, if just put the gambit system in and i feel like you have just the most the most complete final fantasy and i've been waiting so long for this shit yeah been, yeah like... you're right this you are right this doesn't just feel like them doing everything final fantasy 7 as much as possible it feels like they're doing everything at final fantasy in general as much yeah. as possible it feels like yeah. the ultimate Final Fantasy from the trailers and from what I played. Exactly, yeah. exactly, man. Which you is know. and 
Which is wild. They, like it's wild that I have this much hype for this when I I kind of was of the I, opinion that I, maybe we don't need a like, Final Fantasy Seven remake until it started, and now like we're here years later. I was even kind of cool on the first game, and I'm looking at this. I'm like, yeah, what? I'm fucking mm. astounded that I managed to put this together within four years. Oh yeah, like even with all the assets. And and I hope I hope we see more Final Fantasy VI references in as well. Like I know Final Fantasy VII is a giant Final Fantasy VI reference in some ways, but like you know the fucking sobbing, the the sobbing reference with Zangun, love it. Just give me more of that shit. Like joke, and just, just like I just want to say about Zangun that like you know the second I saw his opinion, but. Oh, this guy's absolutely voiced by Jameson Price, and then he opened his mouth, and yes, it's Jameson Price. <laughs> nice. Good call. Oh, I'm not not shocked. <laughs> yeah. Between all of that, and you know, uh, I um, I guess we'll like, I won't spoil the reviews or anything. I'll just say like, this is the best reviewed Final Fantasy since nine. The best reviewed one. Like, um, it's the first to cross. The first single player to cross uh, a 90% in Metacritic. Yeah, since I think Final it's Fantasy currently hovering around 12. 92 to 94, 93. depending on the wait, time. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, like... When you said single player, what do you... Oh, Final Fantasy 14. 14, 14 expansions 14 tend to review very well. Because I was like, like, 14... like... I was thinking, like, Dissidia had a 100 Metacritic score? No way in hell. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 so 14 got to 92, I believe, question mark, with Shadowbringers, then Walker, I'm not sure, but 14 is crossed the more. Shadowbringers, I think that's overall better received than Endwalker. Yeah, so 14 crossed the mark, uh, twice, I believe, with its expansions. They have not crossed 90% since Final Fantasy XII. Um, you know, 13 was considered a low point for getting a horrible, shocking score of 83%, which is still, you know, it's yeah, still a good score. Numbers, it's just these like, numbers don't mean shit, like really. It, like, it, but like, you know, it's it's still a good score, but it's just not like the the Final Fantasy quality score. Yeah, but like, I'd say know, like I the think... difference of five percent in Metacritic is probably irrelevant to a game's ultimate quality. Yeah, legacy. yeah. The um... way people respond to reviews are weird. You get you rate something a seven, and people who rate it think that oh, this game must uh, must spawn Satan when you put it in your disc drive. Seven point nine. Yeah, becomes that, a okay. Meme. So I will say, wait, eight point nine became it's... a meme. Yeah, 89%. Think, that's a it's, passing it's score. Fair, that's like... a good score. 89, and people were oh, furious yeah. about it. Yeah, no, it, it's fair to say that, like, you know, some people do read too much into these reviews, and sometimes they get the reaction to them as, like, silly. You know, which is why, by the way, I think that a five star score is much better, you know? So, like, you see, if you rate something three stars, then people think it's all right. You rate it six out of 10, and it looks awful. Like, but anyway, that aside. Like, it's the best reviewing game in a long time, right? Um, now, I will say that this mostly bodes well. The only... Th I'll caution people one thing, right? And I'm sorry to bring up Spider-Man again, but I have to bring it up here. Because um, Insomniac Games had a similar predicament where since Ratchet & Clank 3 up your arsenal, they had never crossed 90% on Metacritic mm. uh, until Spider-Man 2. That was the first time they crossed it, and it was considered, like, this huge landmark. Oh, shit, we finally got uh, over 90 instead of 89. 
right? Yeah, and that like, was considered that's after like, two. That's after two and a half console generations. That's a long, uh, like, if you're that concerned about scores, that's a long drought. Oh yeah, 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 considerably for for them. I think but, scores um, have become only less important as time has gone by because I remember that being a report from some dev studios. It was like you have to hit 90% Metacritic or some other arbitrary number or your bonus after the game is going to be less. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was fucking horrendous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, stuff like that is, is stupid for sure. But, um, you know, Spider-Man 2 did, did review better than that. And uh, would I say it's a better game? Probably, yeah. Like, probably overall. But, like, you know... There have been some people who have had some decent critiques of that game, let's just say. Like, no one will call it bad. They will just... There are some people who argue they just prefer what the first one did. Okay. No. That's the only thing I'll like, caution people. Like, it's I, always I have going some... to be criticisms. It's, it's impossible to have a perfect game. Hell, like, even in Rebirth, I... In Rebirth, like, you know, they've made it easier for for the stages to have verticality like by giving you the ability to like vault up and down some surfaces that that just feels kind of awkward to me i feel like if you're going to do that you mm. just need to have a have a proper jump in the game okay. instead yeah, of yeah uh, as opposed to just relying like, on synergy skills like how how the game handles jumping like if if you if you're cloud you have to dodge and then like hold attack mid dodge and he does like a blade beam and then and then rushes to the target in mid air if your tifa her offensive synergy abilities have the other character lift them in the air every yeah. everyone else they're still grounded like they do not have aerial move sets at all like, which is fine just... if you're Aerith or barrett but if you're yeah. red 13 it's a yeah, red, uh, red is uh, kind of hard to use against aerial enemies. Some of his attacks are a bit jumpy, but like he, but like not his regular attack chain. I will say, yeah. I'm gonna oh, go that... throw some wet water down or be a wet blanket. I don't even know what expression I'm using. Uh, my my complaint uh, from what I played is uh, it, maybe this is summed up by something I saw in the credit co-director Motomu Toriyama. Uh, old arch nemesis. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, it did feel like, I mean, yeah, it did feel like the story sections, like the the actual dungeon ass dungeon parts, felt overextended in the way they felt like in the original game. Like just going up between Nibelheim and getting to the uh, the reactor is apparently like a three mile journey through several haunted locations and falling down a thing. It's like why they build it so far from the town. This is a fact. This is a company mm. town. Why is it nowhere near the site, uh, which is unimportant? Because uh, uh, it destroys the environment. Yeah, but yeah, but Shinra doesn't, Shinra doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's just like no, it but feels, like you know, even it feels gaming. Even like here, it has like, to be like, long for games' own sake. Like, like even it's here, Shinra's, like I live if in. If there's any reason why it's far away from the town, it's because of spite. No, but I like I, I live I live in Texas, right? You know, there are oil refineries everywhere here. There's none close to the sea. You know, you have to drive out a good distance away to get to one of them. They have oil refineries in the middle of L.A. Well, okay. Well, I can't speak on that because I've never been to L.A. But um, but yeah, like uh, I I will say like I don't disagree with you on that for the most part, but what I was impressed by 
was the um it didn't feel like the pacing was massively stretched out and that was one of the biggest problems with seven remake was the pacing of that game it felt like they took sections from the original and stretched them out and i well, didn't we have not yet encountered anything yet. that's like the shinra building in remake the, oh the yeah shinra building but, in remake was uh way that was too a long. lot that was a lot yeah uh the other possible well, um, the other possible issue is um this materia vacuum shit that they have you do several times why is that yeah there? why why any why would anyone ever put that in a video game and think that anyone would ever want to do that yeah i i mean it's fair enough um the only thing is the reviews have said that mostly agreeing with me that that isn't as much of a problem in this one compared to remake but it's still yeah, a problem I, i've like, seen that so, i have seen someone explicitly say that the marco vacuum is the worst one of those okay good oh that, okay that's, that was that's like good to know. that was some serious balls when i was doing it i'm like this is this is offensive to me why would you ever make people do this um yeah but the boss battle they added in was great like, was that a new you know, boss battle or materia uh, it's, it, it's not new but uh, the position of where it is in the story changed okay yeah right. so in the original you just encounter it when you're going through nibelheim and it's just out of nowhere like randomly it's like oh here's, that's when, here's you, the boss battle when your now. party comes yeah, to nibelheim that might, yeah. that might be one of the ones yeah, yeah. that they uh, that they added in seven international so there wasn't much yeah. plot uh, around it yeah there was oh, no yeah. plot around it at all. There were a yeah. lot of guys in um, Seven that you just, just monsters that you fought. Just happened. Yeah. But this time, it's actually like, oh, they explain why it's here. And it's actually like, you know, it's a moment of Cloud and Sephiroth getting to fight an actual enemy for once, you know. So yeah, yeah. it's it's really cool. Like, I, I, I did quite like that. Homoerotic um, yeah, tension the, the last on the battlefield. Point, the last point of praise I'll give this game is like, um, it just feels like every character, every party member is fun to play and more fun to play than in the original was. Like, you know, so I've always, I've always said that like Tifa was the most fun to play by far, but that's just because, you know, I just, I always prefer the monk characters. I'm always going to like them more. I never had a party without Sabin in Final Fantasy VI. I never didn't include Zell, etc. I'm always going to like them yeah. the most, right? And yeah, she also, was... Chadley, uh, Chadley has tutorials for all of the characters that are more comprehensive than what we got in Remake. Oh, like, yeah, it's uh, great. Like, like Bar Barrett's tutorial tells you about charge cancelling. Yep. It's it's pretty sweet. Like, uh, so, you know, so Tifa is, was really fun to play in the original. She's even more fun to play. Now, I don't know how the hell they managed that. Cloud was um, probably the most complete one in the original, in 7 Remake, I want to say. Like, you know, the whole, like, guarding and Punisher mode and blocking enemies. Like, there are two boss battles that are Cloud solo and are clearly yeah. designed around Cloud heavily. Yeah. And, you know, so you could tell that they put more effort emphasis into Cloud than the others, which makes sense. He's the main character, right? Um, and in this one, he's even more complete somehow. He can use ranged attacks now. Like, it, it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Aerith is finally, 
finally fun to play. Like, I, I guess that's been harsh. It wasn't bad in the in remake. It's just that, you know, she takes so long to cast a spell. And then when she does, by that point, she's already gotten hit. They fixed that in two ways. First of all, there's a ward you can put down that means while you're casting a spell, they can't hit you. Great. Love it. Wish it was already there. Um, and then you, she can teleport now. That's so sweet. I, I wish she had that ability yeah. the first time. I, I have you had know, uh, muscle memory issues with Aerith because like, in 7 Remake, you can just hold uh, hold square to get out her full attack string because she just... Because it's basically like for us uh, square to swing the weapon, and if you hold it, she'll keep doing that. In uh, in rebirth, tempest has been moved from triangle to square, so if you hold square, yep. she she does tempest. And so is fleeting familiar, the one useless ability yeah. she had before that was never yeah. that good. Right, same yeah, with uh, Barrett. Tempest now. Um, yeah, with Barrett, two of his abilities, the two that people didn't use, yeah. the ones from his melee yeah. weapons are now synergy skills, right? Uh, Much yeah, better I, I have actually heard uh, Barrett does not get any melee weapons in this game. He is always he is always a ranged gunner. Did he have Which a melee weapon in the first game? In the Rebirth game? Yeah. Yeah, he, he had remake, melee yeah. weapons in Remake. Okay. They were both bad. Because he had they, one yeah, melee attack both... in the original game, and yeah, no one liked that. Yeah. In the original... When it's just a turn-based system, it kind of it's kind of cool to give him those two melee weapons, yeah. right? You know, it's like oh, it has more stats, but now he's not long range. You know, when it's when the whole freaking playstyle is built around it, kind of silly. Yeah, right? yeah. So and the thing is, Eric can't jump, so the melee weapons completely destroy destroy his move set. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was kind of it was not a very smart decision to to do that. But um, yeah. So Barrett is better now. Like we Red uh, Thirteen, I haven't. We could we could probably save like full Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth thoughts for next month. Sure, but we haven't yet played Kate Sith. We haven't yet played Yuffie. So well, those are the only ones right? we don't know about. Red Thirteen's not available in the June on demo, is he? He's he in is. the June on demo. Oh, okay, maybe I do have to. No, yeah, no his, I, his I... In, like his 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 entire thing is that like he's very defensive. His uh, his unique ability uh, has a meter that goes up when blocking and and when uh, when it fills up when it fills up to a point, you can press the triangle button and uh, he starts like absorbing HP in attacks and gets a gets a special move that uh, costs some of the gauge and. Like apparently, from what I've heard, some of his later like ATB abilities, they can also like drain part of the gauge to become more powerful, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it, it's Final Fantasy Nine and Six again. Your party members are actually different. They actually have unique functions and and a unique role in the party. You know, and yeah, I mean, honestly, like. Honestly, I'm just I'm just so happy with everything I've seen so far. I, I can't wait until it comes out. I'm so excited. Oh, you all played the piano minigame though in uh Tifa's room, right? Yes. I sucked at it. <laughs> I was horrible I perfect, at it. I got a perfect score. You got a perfect oh, score? You How the hell do you get a perfect score? I got a C plus. I got a B. I uh, got a B. Alright, I was I, the worst I, I at just, it then. Like I just okay, like so 
first of all, it took like three tries, but at the oh, same time, wow. like, yeah, I play a, I, like, I've probably played Theater Rhythm the most between the three of us, so is that really so surprising? I've played exactly zero of Theater Rhythm. Yeah. Although, that being said, uh, as a rhythm game, this does control very awkwardly. Well, it, it's kind of like you can play every possible key on the piano with this thing, because one controller is the yeah. white keys. I mean, one joystick is the white keys, and the other yeah. joystick is the black keys. It's, um... Yeah, it's, it's like, like one, like one the... controller is an individual key. It's like the right stick does individual keys, and the left stick does chords. But, like, like, when like you are the... playing... Um... Uh, but but when you are in the rhythm game mode, it automatically handles all of the all of the notes and chord the octave and chord switching for you, and you just have to move the sticks at the right time. But oh, it uh, yes, this is... I saw that was a thing, and I wasn't touching it. But that does take care of itself in in the rhythm game mode. Yeah, okay. it, when uh, you're just messing around doing whatever, you do have to manually adjust that yourself. Okay. And I'm sure someone has already figured out how to play Megalovania. Uh, I saw two Xanarkins. Um, yeah, it's like um, it's like the guitar in uh, The Last of Us 2, right? And I feel like they were very obviously inspired by the guitar in that they let you just play anything on it. And I just think, I just think that's a pretty cool thing to add to the game, right? From what the other thing the reviews say is there's a shit ton of mini games in this and it's very like true to the original in that respect. Like, you know, yeah, the only I mean, thing I yeah, hope like, that isn't like uh, like you know, the the uh June on part of the demo cut off immediately at the end of the boss fight where you know uh, Cloud is uh, Cloud is chilling in the in the water with Mr. Dolphin while there's rainbow in the distance. We did not get to the CPR mini game that was in the original. Assuming it's still in here, uh, yeah. but um, I'm the only thing I hope there isn't. I hope there isn't some bullshit mini game that stops you from getting the ultimate weapon unless you do the mini game. I don't want to dodge two hundred lightning bolts to get premium heart. I don't think they're gonna do that again. I don't want to dodge. Uh, I don't want to like find cactuars in a desert to get fucking ultimate weapon. They might do like, that. Don't again. do that shit to me. Don't do that shit to me. I mean, ten is just especially bad about that. That's um, yeah. Like not nothing else before or after has been that awful. And like, the Blitzball seven... one would have been alright. It's just you know the the idea behind like Blitzball as a mini game was fine you know you get to sign your own players have your own team it's cool except that the the mini game is not fun to play and it takes so fucking long it takes so long to get the weapon out of it like it's you know like i, I just I, I just don't want them to to make us do that shit again but then again we might not even get ultimate weapons in this game that might be saved until final fantasy 7 revival or whatever part three is called Reloaded. Like, but... Reloaded, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> but, um, yeah. Like, I, ju I just... Gonna summon his persona. It's just Zack. <laughs> just give us... Give us minigames. And reward us for playing them. But don't lock content behind them. That's what I want. And I guess we'll find out if that happens or not. 
it does look like there's going to be a lot of mini games, and they actually look good from the trailers. So we'll we'll see how mm. that goes. Uh, yeah, but I'm, hey, uh, I'm very fair, excited fair, for this remake game. Was also surprisingly good on the mini game side. I don't even remember what mini games were in remake. Uh, there's the dancing one. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, crouching or uh, squats. There's dancing. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's the squats. squats there's pull ups. Pull up. there's, there's also darts. You can play darts in Seventh Heaven. Oh um, yeah, I forgot. Pull ups was so hard. Pull ups was really tricky to do. But yeah, it's yet yeah, less hard than it is in real life. Real life pull ups are extremely, extremely hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. My max is like twenty. I can't even like, do one. I've never been able to do one in my entire life. Oh yeah, most people can't do one. Yeah, it's you know it takes ages to to be able to do one pull up, like. Oh yeah. And then T and Tifa makes it look e easy because of course she does. Well, she's got super like, strength. She can lift like a desk and throw yeah. it on with one hand, mm -hmm. as we see in Kingdom Hearts too. No, she can do more than that. She can lift fucking ruby weapon and throw it. Okay. All right. Um, in maybe the, we should... the limit break. Okay. All right. Maybe we should be wrapping up then, because uh, we got a whole other game to talk about. I mean, like a whole game to talk about next month. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming we finish game, the damn fact. thing by the time we reconvene. Yeah, um, yeah, we might not be able to finish in a month at this rate. Like, oh god. Probably gonna be like a hundred hours long if you do everything. If not more. I'll probably finish the game, but let me tell you, it's going to be a long fucking time before you have any editing from me. Because, you know, there's just so much in it already. Like, I'm going to yeah. frantically try and make the material pages. I doubt I'll get to them all before the game is out. I'll try. But, yeah. Oh, all the main party members uh who are actually playable those pages are all rewritten like the ones i haven't done i haven't done vincent or sid because they're not playable yet uh -huh. but i'll okay. do them hopefully before final fantasy 7 resurrection whatever the fuck part three is called okay uh the only remaining bit of business is i don't really have an episode title yet normally one of you guys say something and inspiration strikes but uh, nothing's really hit so far so uh give me like three random words uh, Nothing? Uh, Completely <laughs> random words, come on. Well, the problem is whatever words I give you, those are going to become the title. Yeah, exactly. So I have to, like, think about them. Well, I no, to, that like, doesn't mean... No, 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 them. the idea of random means yeah. that you don't think about it. Maybe we just... Maybe we just uh, name it uh, Techno Gives the Title at the end. <laughs> No. No, 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 no. I want them to wonder what the hell this title means. When's this title going to show up in the episode? Yeah, at the yeah, end, but it turns then there's out the it's surprise just... because Techno didn't say as I did. Mm. Maybe I'll pick three mm, random Mind words. games. Mm. Mind games. I like it. Mind games? <laughs> All right. I think that's our title. Wait, that's the title? Yep. Oh, fuck's sake. With a lot of M's. <laughs> a lot of M's at the beginning, too. Mind games. Okay. There we go. Got it. Done. Fuck's okay. Sake. So, this was the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast, the official podcast of, um, well, the Final Fantasy Wiki, obviously. Uh, I'm your host, Blue Highwind. Um, I also produce this thing. 
The podcast music is La Montana de los Avenes Caballeros off the Expert Novice OC remix. Wait, no. Oh, that's the best time you've done that accent. Yeah, it was, but then I screwed up the rest of it. It's by Expert Novice off the OC remix Balance and Ruin album. Uh, Thank you for letting us use that music. It's also the Mount Colts music from Final Fantasy VI. If you recall, it goes da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da and all that stuff. And, um... Unless we have nothing else, I I guess we should just go to bed, right?